Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Did you know that serving actually reveals and gives purpose? As y'all know, um, we've got the, <clears throat> we call it our First Roots Conference, that the official name for this year is First Things First. And we call it that because we, we enjoy giving our first fruits. Um, every year, the last weekend of January, we're going to talk about first fruits tonight. I'm so glad you want to know what that means if you don't know what it means. So the title of tonight's message, I'm going to go off script a little bit because as you know, for two years straight now, We've done verse by verse, chapter by chapter in different books of the Bible as we come and we work our way through certain books. So tonight, though, I want to talk to you about first things first. Someone say first things first. And that's the name of our conference. So you know how it is. I don't know that this is any of y'all. I don't think we just have a hyper-religious crowd. Now, according to the Bible, religious is not a compliment. Some people mean it as a compliment. Say, man, he's religious. I'm like, don't tell me that anymore. I don't know. According to Jesus, religious was you have a system of reaching God that is made by men and women, but a relationship with God is through Jesus, okay? So I don't want to be religious. I want to be godly. I don't want to be religious. I want to be kind and loving and Christ-like, all right? And some people say, well, I don't want to be called a Christian because atrocities have been done in the name of Christ. Well, call yourself a believer. Call yourself a follower of Christ. Uh, prove it to the world. Faith without works is dead. Just believe, all right? Believe it and live it. So tonight, first things first. Someone say first things first. So I'm going to get into the types of giving and some different things. Let's see how God leads us tonight. I do have a plan, but God can change that at any given moment, and I'll just be led by the Spirit. So um, if you would, let's go to Luke 6.38. Many of you know, know this verse, this reference. Uh, many of you have quoted it. You recognize it. If you do, then it's a great review. If you don't, then hey, we're going to learn together. But I'm going to tell you right now, Scripture is the ultimate, all-time, eternal classic of all of humanity. God used folks to put it together. Um, I believe it was put together, to put together over 1,400 years. 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. Multiple people from different walks of life, uh, mostly Jewish. God spoke through his chosen people. So mostly Jewish, all right? But look at this, Luke 6.38, this is Jesus speaking. And this refers to all kinds of stuff. And I've made some uh, allusions to this recently. I've made some references to this. But given you shall receive covers everything. Whatever you sow, you will reap, right? Now we're talking about financial things tonight. I don't, once again, let me go back to this. I don't think you're just religious people that would be offended by this, but you'd be surprised by people who are offended by talking about money or giving at church. Let me go ahead and lay this down real quick as a foundation. This church, because of God's faithfulness, not mine, his faithfulness, is completely debt-free. The whole block is paid, bought and paid for. The church buildings, church building, the gym, it's paid for. It's debt-free. I, I say this every year. I don't, get a, I don't get a bonus for you giving more at First Fruits. All right? I'm not going to get a raise this year because of what you give at First Fruits. I want you to be blessed. And those of you who have given over the years, you know that God handles his business. He's not a man that he should lie. He will always, man, Scripture says whoever gives to the poor lends to the Lord. 
Scripture says, give and you will receive. Look at this. So we're never going to be religious about talking about relationships or money or personal lives in church from up here. Why? Because it's sometimes those uncomfortable things we need to talk about. And what you do, that's between you and God. I'm never going to speak a condemning word about this. It may be convicting. Maybe God will prick your conscience or deal with you and you go, oh, man, I need to do this. Look, folks say I can't afford to give. The old-time greats used to say you cannot afford not to give. Would you rather have 100% cursed or 90% or 80% blessed? I can do so much more when giving God 10% and having 90%. I'm telling you right now, my wife and I, since we've been married, we've sent miracle after miracle because we gave. Those of you who are givers, you've given, and God just does it somehow. You pay off stuff. You don't even know how. It's amazing. So giving you will receive. Luke 6, 38. Your gift will return to you in full, Jesus said. Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Have you ever put leaves in a trash can? You ever thrown your kid up there and said, come on, mijo, step on the leaves? Have you ever been crazy like me in your 40s and you stepped on the leaves yourself and almost fell out? Yes, amen, I have, but it's what works best. You push those leaves down to make sure there's room for more. This says, press down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and what? Poured into your lap. That sounds to me like abundance. John 10.10 says, Jesus said, the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that they may have life and life in abundance. I may have switched that verse around, but Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came to give life and life in abundance. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Let's read the whole verse again. This is good, not because I came up with it, but because Jesus said it. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken to I love that. Press down. Let's go back to the leaves or bags. Have y'all ever, some of y'all thrown trash this week? You had to shake that thing. We go to Mom Brown's house, and they have such a nice trash can in their kitchen. It has a swinging lid. It's round. It just looks right. Mom loves it. But, man, when you overfill it, you can't get it out hardly because it has a rim around the top of it. It's hard to shake. So you got to do special things. you got to press it down, shake it together, make room for more, or make room to get it out of there. All right? So given you will receive, your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over, and what? Pour it into your lap. I love that. Pour it into your lap. You say, man, I don't want a bunch of junk in my lap. Uh-huh, if it's money or a blessing or... I don't, I, don't, I don't think you can have Bitcoin poured into your lap unless it's on some kind of a hard drive, but, you know, or that Dogecoin, worthless stuff, but I guess it's going to go up now. Anyway, the amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Wow. So give and you shall receive. Someone say give and you shall receive. Praise God. All right. So first point tonight, you got to remember this. Everyone is called and commanded to give. Everyone. Say, I'm exempt. No. If you're exempt, then you're, you're more important than Abraham, the patriarch, or you're greater than Abraham, the patriarch, or you're greater than Jesus. And how many of you know we're not greater than Jesus? The student is not greater than the master. He said, you may do greater works than me, in essence is what he said, but the student, the disciple, is not greater than the master. So let's go back to Abraham. Scripture says the father of our faith, he tithed and gave, and he was blessed. Because folk, folks will tell you, folks that know enough about the Bible to be dangerous and contradictory, they'll go, that's the old covenant. Actually, brother, actually, sis, 
it precedes the covenant. It's an ancient law. Abraham, Abraham was giving tithe 400 years before the law ever came into existence. Jesus said in the New Testament, yes, you should tithe. He said that. Look it up. He said, yes, you should tithe, but there are more important things than even that, like mercy and love and compassion. All right? So he's saying it's the basics of basics to give as a believer. He said, man, is he reading my mail? No, I don't know who in this room gives tithes or not. I really don't. Okay? So here's the deal. We're commanded to give. You say, well, I don't want to give. Then that's between you and God. You are not forced to give. I'm going to give you a compelling case for giving tonight. But I want you to understand that God has called you to give. You were created to give. You were created to give. Jesus came to give. All right? And remember, giving is a form of serving. So don't forget that. Everyone is called to give. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. I want to read you this text. Look at what the Apostle Paul, he's, he's writing to the church at Corinth. And he says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. You ever driven from here to Seminole? Those crops are impressive, huh? Man, they grow watermelon, mostly cotton. But back in the day when I was youth pastor one summer, I put this in the newspaper, and this is crazy now in hindsight. We would agree to do stuff. I remember first summer I was a youth pastor, Tony, I put in the newspaper, hey, we'll help, we're raising money to leave town together as a youth group. And, man, they had us picking okra and all kinds of stuff out in the heat. I had hair, but it was already thinning, so my scalp was burning. I didn't know about, you know, I couldn't put sunblock in there and grease it up. So, I mean, I just didn't know yet. But I remember th looking at the rows of okra and stuff and going, wow, they must have planted a lot of seed out here. Wow. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. The more you give to God, the more he will multiply it. I love this saying, you can never outgive God. This is another, some of you have heard this saying before, but I love it. I'm going to repeat it, whether it's cliche or not. If you release what is in your hand, God will release what's in his hand. It says in the book of Psalms that God really opens his hand and so he supplies the desire and need of all of creation just by simply opening his hand. So a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Let's go on to the next verse. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. See, I'm not here to pressure you. Not at all. For God loves a person what? Uh-huh. But it doesn't say God is against you if you, if you give and struggle, does it? No, because sometimes it's a struggle. I've seen people like, Lord, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how cheerful I am. Well, God loves it when you're cheerful, but sometimes you do it in faith and it hurts. I've done it before. I said, man, I think I could use this money. I don't know what, but I don't know. Do I want? No, just give. Give cheerfully. Scripture says God loves a cheerful giver. And God will generously provide what? All you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Did you know that's one of the main reasons to be blessed? You want to have enough to bless other people. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Verse 10, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer, right? Or seed for the sower in some translations. 
and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. The more he blesses you, well, the more you give, not the more you hoard. Remember the toilet paper hoarding? That was fun. Get ready. I'm sure we haven't seen the end of all that weird stuff. See, they're out of toothpaste. Everybody's breath stinks. You're going to have to use ashes. Did you know ash? You can brush your teeth with ash. Your breath will smell weird, but it'll whiten them teeth. Look it up. I'm not making this stuff. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will what? They will thank God. I love that. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. And he's talking about Corinth, the church at Corinth, giving to the needs here at where? The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met. And they will joyfully express their thanks to God. Verse 13. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. Mm. So giving, giving is obedience to God's word. So that's it. I didn't make that up. I'm not clever enough to make it up. That's straight out of God's word, inspired by the Holy Spirit. You know what another verse says? Scripture always elaborates, expounds, and expands upon other scripture. Freely you have received, now freely give. It's a command. So that's between you and God. I just got to give this to you because I'm responsible for it. Now that you've heard it, you will be responsible for it and be able to choose for yourself. Number two tonight, there are three types of giving um, for you as a believer. And I'm talking about giving as part of the body of Christ. You could say, well, there's other types of giving where you give to someone who's homeless um, that's not one of these three, or you give for special events or different things, or you give to someone else. Or Yes, but for our intents and purposes tonight, there are three types of giving here that will be discussed. And let's go to Malachi 3.8. And we'll talk about two of them right here. This is a great text. Look at look at what the Lord is saying through the prophet. It said, should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? How can we cheat God? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. How hard is it to give to God if he gives you breath and a heartbeat every day? Do you know right now there's something crazy going on where they can't figure it out? But mortality rates, deaths have spiked for folks between the ages of 18 and 49. They're claiming it's non-COVID related, so it could be other things. We won't get into all that. But just you being here tonight is pretty amazing. You know all the people that have gone to heaven already in the last two years? COVID or otherwise. Or life, man. We've, had, we've, we've, we've watched some people go to heaven because of cancer. My mom and Ms. Norma's husband and different people. Um, Beatrice's knee, or aunt. Just all kinds of folks. And yet here you are, and then many times we're still alive and we're, we take it for granted and say, man, well, I, how can I give to God, man? This is crazy. I, I've got plans for that. My Netflix subscription is how much, how much is Netflix now for, for just the basic? $8.99? 17 That's not the basic. No. I think it's nineteen twenty-two for if you have four screens. What's the basic? $12. No. For just one, the basic? You might as well go all out now then. Golly, 12 or 13? Man, I went to Family Dollar today, and inflation has hit so fast and so hard. Look at this. 
another reason to give first fruits and give to God because you need to be part of God's economy, not this world's economy. They increased the money supply by 40% in the last year, which means, in essence, the value of the paper money you already had is going to decrease 40%. Man, I, I'm okay with losing my hair, but, man, just losing money just to lose money, <laughs> you got to give to God and be part of his economy because they can't figure this out. But they're so wise. They're deceived, man. I went to Family Dollar earlier this afternoon. And I went, I, I went to buy some stuff, and then the price seemed odd. So I walked out of the truck, went back, and I said, I've got a pack of razors, you know, and some other stuff. And I said, this said, this price is, yeah, it went up. It went up a dollar something, but we just haven't had. It's gone up so fast, she said, we haven't had time to reprice everything. That family dollar. Pretty soon it's going to be, I don't, I don't know what else you'd call it besides family dollar. Family $10? I don't know. They said they need to rename the dollar tree the dollar twenty-five tree, right? Did it go up to dollar twenty-five? Gas over the one night it went up thirty cents. Did y'all see that? It was two ninety-nine and it was three thirty-one. Said, "Wow, praise God! I'm glad God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, but they're printing paper money." So remember, once again, this is to really get you in the season and the mood for giving, not to make you go, "I better hoard my money." No, because the money, actual cash money, is losing value. You've got to be part of God's kingdom because in Hebrews it says his kingdom is unshakable. So they've increased the money supply by 40% and now it's making our money worth less. Why? It's not backed by gold. It's not backed by anything but the American military, which is a great military, but man, it just gives you something to think about. It's a true story. A guy that came on the Christian Broadcasting Network in the, in the 80s, he said that during the Great Depression, some of you are very familiar with that, you've read about it or whatever, um, you weren't old enough to have lived through it, nobody in here, but during the Great Depression, this guy worked a soup and bread line where they, in the big city, they would give out free soup and bread because people were struggling. Unemployment was up to 25, 30%, stuff like that. So he said, he was a believer, so he was just serving. He was blessed, but he was just serving. He said he asked every single person in the bread lines, do you believe in giving tithe? And he got every kind of answer. Oh, churches are trying to rob people, or I don't believe in God, or man, that's a crock, or whatever. He not, in the years that he served in the bread and soup line, he never once found one person who gave tithes. What does that tell you? You obey God's word, he will take care of you. And if you don't give or tithe now, it's time to get into the season and the mood because things are changing. I'm going to tell all the youngsters in here, folks who are younger than me, I've never seen anything like this in my whole life, ever. I'm pushing past my mid-40s here pretty soon. And, well, anyway, I don't give you too much information. You'll think you, you, got, you got some dirt on me. I'm just kidding. I've never seen inflation like this, and I, I'm a gas price watcher. When I was a kid, it was 65 cents a gallon. Does, does anyone remember cheaper than that? What was it growing up, sis? Yes. 52 cents a gallon? People go, gas is just worth more now. No, your money's just worth less, champ. It's gas. Tony, do you remember those days? 60 cents, 50 cents, stuff like that? How, how much? You remember that too? Why does that stand out in y'all's minds? I remember growing up, going to the gas station, 75 cents. 
And I've made jokes, you know, how about my dad would traumatize me. He's like, hey, look out over there. i got to go through these stop signs. I'm running out of gas, right? Remember those stories? And dad would put, he'd have a pocket full of cash. He was blessed. And then he'd, but then he'd go, here, go put five in there. But five was a lot in the gas tank back then. Remember when you had your little Toyota Echo? Five dollars? Man, you get a fourth of a tank in that thing. That was in the early 2000s. Now five dollars, man, the gas pump laughs at you. Five dollars, man, and the thing's all, ha, 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 1.2 gallons, you know, whatever. 1.3, whatever it is. He says, man, you have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. Can you imagine cheating God in an economy like this? He says, you are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Ooh, this sounds familiar. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. What is a tithe that is 10% of everything you make? Folks have asked me, man, do I do gross? Do I do net? Just tithe, man, 10% off something. Start there. Start there. Folks, will, you go back and forth on that. It's, my wife and I have had this discussion. It is 10% off, if you want to be technical about it, the increase. Okay? So whatever, whatever you're making, you say, man, I sold a car. I made $500 profit. I sold the car for $30,000, but I only made $500 profit. Well, the increase on that would be the $500 profit, right? You paid off the other balance. You got $500 extra. So that's $50 tithe to the Lord. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. My wife and I have always rounded up and done all kinds of other stuff. Said, man, we're going to give tithe and offering even if it hurts sometimes. And God is always taking care of us. He says, if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open what? The windows of heaven for you, praise God. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant. For I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Wow. I had people tell me that. They're like, man, did you know how blessed you are? I say, yeah, but I, it's nice to be reminded that God is faithful. Folks have seen our, our new house. We're, we're pretty simple folks, but man, God blessed us with a new house. And I just say, it's a miracle. Everything I have is a miracle. My life, my health, it's a miracle. God is faithful. He does miracles every day for you. You've got to be cognizant of that. All nations will call you blessed. So two of the types of giving we discussed right here in Malachi 3, 8 through 12, tithing or tithes and offerings. A tithe is 10%. Tithe, you go back to the root words, it means one out of 10, Okay. So you made $100, give the Lord $10. They teach this in King's Kids over here. Offering is also taught in King's Kids. They do a great job of it. An offering is whatever else you want to give above your tithe. But let me say this. Your tithe is not for the homeless. I've had people get real spiritual and go, I gave my tithe to that ministry. I give my tithe to, you know, who's the famous preacher that y'all listen to? Anybody in here? Joel Osteen? All right, he's had to be one of the... Most well-known, whether you agree with him or not, I believe he's a man of God. But some people say, hey, Joel Osteen's my pastor, so I'm going to tithe to his church. Well, call Joel Osteen and have him to do your fun funeral or your funeral for your family or a wedding. I don't think he's your pastor. And he's not going to do your quinceanera for sure because él no speaky español. In fact, I don't even do quinceaneras anymore, but... And I speak a little bit of español, but really... People said, man, this man of God, that one, Paula White's my pastor. Yeah, but she's not going to come 
She's not going to come pray for you if you get sick. or She's not going to come visit you in jail. Hopefully none of y'all are going to go to jail ever. Like, or if I say ever again, some of you are like, I ain't going back. They ain't taking me back. All right. So you tithe at the local church where you're pastored. Say, not, not for my sake, it's for your blessing. See, did you know the promises of God are for your sake? You think God needs all, say, God needs money. He needs a donation. No, he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He says in another reference, he says, the silver and gold is mine. People have said real funny stuff because I'm fascinated with Bitcoin, how they would, it would have value in its blockchain technology. So it's basically a software and it's worth $41,000 per Bitcoin right now. I'm still, it's like the more I read about it, the less I understand. But people have said some crazy stuff, you know. They say, oh, no, but Bitcoin is this, Bitcoin is that. Hey, it is the wave of the future. You, there will be digital currency. I think the book of Revelation um, proves it. You can ask me about that later. But I've heard people say it is the most perfect currency, as if God created it. One guy said, can you imagine there's Bitcoin in heaven? That sounds dumb. That's so dumb. It's digital currency. It's like digital dollars. That, that, that may or may not make sense. We can, Mom will help you out with that because I don't even know if I'm the best teacher for it. But come on, man. God's economy is different. If we had to get to the place, you said, man, there's no money. The, they're not, we're using paper money as wallpaper. That happened in post-World War I Germany. Did you know they would start their fires with their cash? That's not to scare you. It's to say, trust God now. The government they ain't got a clue. I'm not bad-mouthing them. you got to pray for them, but I'm telling you right now. Why do they not have a clue? Because as a whole, the, the government's pretty godless. So you've got to be, to be called blessed, God has to be over your economy. You've got to give to God. So that's tithe and offering. Let's go to first fruits now real quick. Say, what are first fruits? Let's go to Proverbs 3.9. Hopefully we have it in four versions. If not, we'll use the versions we have. But let's start off Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Mika, do you happen to have any of the other translations or no? Did those? Oh, you do. Man. Man, that's awesome. I like this version even better. English Standard Version. Same verse. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Let's do New King James Version. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Another word for your crops now is what? Income. Back in the day, that's how people made money. Crops and livestock. Now you make cash or whatever, you know. And regardless of whatever system we have to go to someday, God's going to take care of you if you put him first. I promise. He's always done it. He's always taking care of people. You don't need to worry about that. He takes care of his kids. You will always have enough. You say, man, what if it's one piece of bread left in the house? God will multiply it. It'll be enough for you and the kids and the dogs. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's always taking care of his people. You're not going to starve. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Let's go back to ESV, if you would, Micah. English Standard Version. Same verse right there. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with your money, and with the first fruits of all your produce. First fruits are the best part meaning the biggest and best gift you can give right off the top. You say, is that tithe? Actually, no, it's more than that. It's something special. There's folks in the Spanish service that run a business. About two years ago, they decided they were going to start giving first fruits at the beginning of every month, and their business took off. They're debt-free. 
And they, I'm, I'm telling you, you'd trip out if you saw what they, they sell. It's just so simple. It's just little, little plates and burritos and stuff, real simple stuff. And they, they are blessed. Why? Because they put God first. So you give tithes and offering and first fruit. It's three different things. Why do we give first fruits at the beginning of the year? Well, we believe that it sets the year apart for God. It's an act of faith saying, God, we've given tithe and offerings already. And I know this is a lot. Some of you are like, I've never even given tithes, and now you're trying to take me for all I'm worth. No, I'm speaking to you about Scripture, and you, you give where your faith is. If you've never tithed before, tithe, start tithing this month. If you've never given offerings before, start giving tithes and offerings this month. If you've done tithes and offerings and never given first fruits before, take a step of faith and give first fruits this month. But I encourage you, don't go without giving. Let's go to Nehemiah 10.35. Some of you are like, Nehemiah, is that in the Bible? Yes, it is, Old Testament. We promise to bring the first part of every harvest, that's first fruit, the first of what you get here, to the Lord's temple year after year. It doesn't say tithe, it says the first part of. Whether it be a crop from the soil or from our fruit trees. Isn't that powerful? How about Romans eleven sixteen? And since Abraham and the other patriarchs were holy, their descendants will also be holy. We are spiritual descendants of Abraham. Scripture says when we believe, we are not only children of God, we're children of Abraham. We've been brought into the commonwealth of Israel, the promises of Israel for the Old Testament, and now, even more importantly, the New Testament. Since Abraham and the other patriarchs were holy, their descendants will also be holy. That's me and you. Let's go back to that first part of that verse. I'm sorry will also be holy, just as the entire batch of dough, it's funny, dough, we're talking money, they actually mean dough for bread, but hey, just as the entire batch of dough is holy because the what? The portion given as an offering is holy. So you want your dough to be blessed? Give first fruits. Give tithe. For if the roots of the tree are holy, the branches will be too. You want to have good, strong roots? Give to God. Give to God. So tithe, offering, first fruits. Okay, let's go to point three tonight, and I'll begin to close this out. My point is, let's eliminate excuses. Why? Because look at Hosea 4.6 in the English Standard Version. We can't make excuses anymore. He says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you've rejected knowledge, I reject. He's speaking to the, to the people of God here. He says, because you have rejected knowledge, I reject you from being a priest to me. And since you've forgotten the law of God, I will also forget your children. So we as believers, according to the New Testament, we are priests and kings. I know there's a lot of info tonight. Please listen to this message again. Um, you can go to SoundCloud, or you can go to Facebook, or YouTube, or the podcast. Please, if you have an iPhone, use this for the podcast. Listen to it. Let me read this again. First part of it. He says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. If you get some, some wisdom in you from the word and some knowledge, then you will have no more excuses. Because, you know, people make a lot of excuses. I've heard people on, heard this about three years ago. A guy on Christian radio. They should have kicked his butt off there. I would have fired him. I would have fired his tail. Had, had he been my staff on there talking stupid stuff like this. Golly, I'm, am I channeling dad right now? You enjoy this, Elaine. It's a one-time opportunity. It comes and goes. This guy's on Christian radio, and you know what he said? On Christian radio, and he's misleading people. He said, I, don't, I can't really afford to tithe. Hey, brother, we're going to put on the boxing gloves. <laughs> don't be misleading people. 
and giving a bad example, I guarantee you I could have looked into his finances and seen that he was not blessed just by that statement. Thank God the other guy, the other guy was a counterbalance. He said, wait, bro, people can't afford not to tithe. And he started dropping the word. They were buddies on there. You know, one of those morning shows with two people, and they're all funny. It was all funny until that, and I was like, what? What if people can't afford to tithe? No, watch. Did you know that's the only place in the Bible, Malachi chapter 3, where God says, prove me. Prove me and see if I don't open up the windows of heaven and bless the mess out of you. That, that's pretty street, but you know what I mean. <laughs> or bless the mess off of you. Really, man, that's crazy. Did you know, and, and did you know this is an area where believers have struggled very, very much? I said, man, I, it's paycheck to paycheck. Hey, everybody's been there. Bless God, but you don't have to stay there, man. Let's eliminate excuses. Say, I can't afford to. Don't, don't tell me that crazy stuff. We can meet and talk, and I'll love on you and give you the truth, but don't stay stuck there. Say, man, I can't afford to give. That's between you and God. It is. But you cannot blame God for, man, I'm struggling. Why is God letting this happen if you're not fulfilling your part of the deal? Covenant goes both ways. It's a two-way street. God says, if you'll do this, I'll bless you. Give tithe and offering, I'll bless you. You won't have room to receive it. 